You are Locked On Women's Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal, reminding you you can follow us on Twitter at both Locked On WBB and, of course, at Summit Hoops, two T's in honor of Pat for 24-7 coverage of the women's game. And uh, somebody who's given us a lot to write about lately, uh, especially since the calendar turned to February, is the head coach, general manager of the Las Vegas Aces, Bill Ambeer. Bill, it's 29 degrees and snowing here in New York City. Uh, I see it's 70 degrees uh, out in Las Vegas. How much regret <laughs> well, do you feel the only regret not I have experience uh, in New York about right now? New York was we didn't win a championship. Uh, the fans there uh, are, are very dedicated and, and wanted to win so badly and just couldn't get it accomplished. But I'm on to a new challenge now, and uh, I'm having a, you know, a challenging but exciting time out here. It certainly is exciting and, and fascinating to see just both what you have and also what you've been doing so far. And I guess I'm curious, when you started that process of getting to know this team, how did you go about doing it, just in, in a specific technical way? Is it watching videos, talking to individuals? Obviously, you you know, you know played them, and so there well, was Well, it started by talking to, to Ruth well. Riley, what was that process was like for you? down in San Antonio. Uh, picking her brain about the players and you know and, and how their interaction was with each other. Then it was talking to uh, the assistant coaches and and the director of business operations, Tanya Holly, who I've since hired. Uh, so it was more of a conversation uh, around a lot of, uh, of the personnel from people who you know knew what was going on down there. Uh, then it was just a matter of I watched a little bit of video and uh, then I started talking to some of the key players. I talked to uh, Mariah Jefferson and Kayla McBride. I spent some time talking to Kelsey Plum just to get their feel for, you know, what they had and their interaction as players and what they thought their team was capable of or not capable of. So then I put all that together and watched a little bit of film and uh, started making decisions on what direction I wanted to go. Was it your feeling ultimately that this was a team that needed a lot of changes or is this in i mean obviously you go eight and 26 there's certain limitations that are apparent or is this more a question of you know here were some well you know they're in the place for two or three years in a row so yourself. something has to change you can't continue down that road uh it doesn't happen that fast uh, especially with the young team you need some some leadership and some veteran presence who've been there done that so you know they're not continuously stepping their toe trying to find their way in the dark uh, but, you know, they're, they're a lot of good young pieces. You just got to build uh, around them. Hmm. You know, and the first pick in the draft this year will also be a very young player, and we have 13 and they stick on the team. So you need a veteran. I need some veteran presence around that, and that's one of the things I try to do in free agency. Mm-hmm. The three guards... Uh, you know, it was a consistent conversation topic last year, you know, with having Kelsey and integrating her into what Mariah does and to what uh, Kayla McBride does. When you look at this roster as to where it is now, do you see the three of them as part of a consistent lineup, uh, you know, even if it's not uh, the starting lineup, well, I think the that, lineup that you would intend to play on a regular plan, basis? Uh, of attack at the start. Uh, unfortunately, um, Mariah Jefferson is, is rehabbing from a knee injury, so she'll probably miss the first three weeks of the season. So it, it keeps me in the same pain for the moment, just 
Mm-hmm. But I, I think, you know, uh, I'm a big three-guard rotation person, especially in the women's league. You only have 40 minutes. There's not enough playing time. Uh, but at the same time, you know, everybody wants to play. and Everybody wants to get their points. So I'm not really quite sure how it's going to work out. It depends on how the players accept uh, their roles and who plays their way in and out of those roles. But your your hope is that if Mariah is healthy, that that's a look that you can have, where you have essentially multiple point guards uh, on the floor. At well, once I'm looking and, at Kayla, Kayla almost who, more, you know, more um, of three. I, I think the league is getting bigger, faster, stronger every year, and I think uh, her moving to the two guard, which she'll be able to use her size and strength against other twos in the league. So, but you know, at the same time, she's also becoming really a good ball handler overseas. She's really worked on her on her handle, especially in pick and roll situations. So, like I said before, it, it, it's hard to judge what's going to happen right now. I'm not going to get painted into any corner by any team or any any media of, of what uh, what we're going to try to get accomplished. Makes sense to me. And, and obviously, you have responded in multiple ways with how the league is getting bigger. And I, I just let's start by talking about Kelsey Bone and what you see out of her and, you know, somebody who has an all-star uh, trip on her resume. What does she bring for this team, and how significant well, you is know, she it, to it, what it, it is you're looking for? I'm looking at it. I needed some center. I need some size to begin with. Uh, and, and also one of the things that I got from the players was there really was no uh, consistent low-block player to throw the ball to last year or the last couple of years, and, and that's what Kelsey Bone does. She's a low-block player. She just moves down there. Mm-hmm. She's, that's where she wants to play is in the post. She's not the tallest person in the world, but at the same time, she has some quality moves. A 15-point-a-game scorer a few years ago. Uh, so, and she's also a big body and physical presence. She's out there and bang with the, with the bigger players in the league. And, and that's one of the reasons why I got her also, because I thought I could get her, you know, for a, a very reasonable price in a trade. Uh, you know, she's been sitting out in contract dispute with her. They want to play. So, you know, with a team like this, we try to get something for nothing as much as possible. Uh, but also, I think we got a quality player, and quite frankly, she she lives in Las Vegas now, which is a great mm-hmm. fit. And we had a good conversation, and she's dedicated to getting to where she needs to be to be uh, an all star again, and that's that's a good sign for us. Between Kelsey and 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 Carolyn Swords, who who you bring in, who obviously you know you have a history with as well. It seems like you're trying to build around rim protection on the defensive end as well. You know, as much as trying to get some points on the offensive end in the low block. Do you see that as a fundamental building block? It's well, rim protection um, by and, those two players is probably well. a misnomer. You know, they're, they're good position players. They're not shot blockers. Uh, but what I was looking for is size uh, and, and strength. Um, you know, there's some big, big players, the Fowles and Grinders, and Cambage is now coming over. Uh, if I were to take a, a draft pick such as an Asia Wilson, they would overwhelm her uh, with their physical presence. So I, I think we really needed a physical presence, not so much a rim protector, but more of a physical presence to get out there and to keep the, the bigger players away from the basket. So on the offense, that's what I've said publicly. I believe she's a four in this league. You know, there's her, her, her build is is not you know overly yeah. aggressive uh, strength wise. She uses her quickness more than not uh, to get her shots off on offense, uh, and she runs the floor very well. 
Uh, so I, I just think with her, her just her build of her body, she'd have a, a hard time guarding you know a fouls or a, a cambay. She'd get in foul trouble quickly. Would it be fair to say that you have come to a decision about I, what you know, you're going to do with know, that top overall pick happen, as of know, now, or, or whatever? Um, you know, but one thing our team needed from the very start was we need size. Uh, you know, we need a we need a scoring presence in the, in the front court. Uh, so you know, everybody can draw their own conclusions. I'm still open to whatever happens, but uh, you know, one 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 need we still have, as our team sits right now, is a front court scorer. Right. Right. Well, and, and certainly Asia Wilson qualifies as that. There's there's another player who felt to me is just just a very you player, and that's and that's Tamara Young. Can you talk to me about the way in which you envision using her uh, relative to you know both the the trio of guards and uh, and the bigs? Well, moving Caleb in perfectly as sort of a complementary player in between. It's a gaping hole there at the small forward, um, and you know this team was challenged defensively. Uh, before the last couple of years. They, they weren't really a, a solid defensive team. And, and mm-hmm. Tamara Young, uh, that's, that's her forte. Uh, she gets after people and, and get out there and deny and, and, and play physical defense. It's a good physical presence out there also. Uh, but I also think she runs the floor very well. Uh, you know, we can get out and run with her also. But I, I think both from a leadership of a veteran, uh, she's been around a long time. She keeps her body in great shape. Uh, and she can lead by example. But you know we needed that that you know six foot six foot one uh, presence out there that can play defense and stop somebody's high scores in this league. You talk about running the floor, and obviously you know between that and the fact that you have these these young uh, guards who are capable of doing it as well. I wonder what you see as the ideal pace for this team. You go back and look at your Detroit teams. Uh, when you won your first championship, you were second in the lead in pace. Uh, but there were years in which you were near the bottom of the lead in pace. And so there's no real Bill Lambeer pace, it depends on your pace, personnel. It seems it like. Depends on, I, I don't have a, you know, I don't ever put square peg in a round hole. So I, I, I played on my personnel. And every year, quite frankly, is different. Uh, players get hurt. Players mm-hmm. get older. Uh, you know, they, they, you added a player who's more of an exacting player, kind of running player. You want to go to them, so it, it's it's still a working process of, of what we're gonna what we're gonna do. Uh, we have the capabilities of being a young team of getting out and pushing it uh, consistently because we're young. We're young players do, uh, but at the same time, we have to have a go-to plays uh, when we need to ask it, and uh, that's something that I think we're gonna have to figure out. That's why I really think we need a, a, a front court uh, presence and that can score. Do you feel ultimately between what you've gotten already and the draft pitch that are coming up that you have put the pieces together, or do you feel like they're uh, uh, both. more on the uh, often for you? The I don't think we know. Obviously, we're not going to go with what we're structured right now from, you know, worst to first like we did in, in Detroit. Uh, but I think we, what we added is com- we can be very competitive. Uh, what that mm-hmm. translates into wins and losses, well, hey, I don't know. Um, but I think that the, the bottom line is put a very competitive team out there that competes every possession. Uh, we'll get our fair share of wins. Uh, but at the same time, I, I, we're, we're still a working process. We still have some holes that we have to fill. 
Uh, and you know what? And I also have a depth uh, that I can use for, if possible, if my phone rings and someone wants to uh, add a piece to their puzzle, I may be able to you know, get something back on mm-hmm. the backside. You, one of those opportunities might be that 13th pick, which, you know, it seems like, and, and a lot of evaluators are looking at it this way, that the 13th is essentially a first-rounder, given how deep this class is. Uh, do you feel as if your balance is currently tilted more toward very young players, uh, even after the veterans that you've added, and that might be an opportunity uh, to, yeah, be you to know, add some more and veteran the first, top you're trying to do? Um, you know, it's always a, a crapshoot. You never know. Um, funny things happen in the draft. Uh, people will take wild picks. Other players fall. But at the same time, it's still um, a, a crapshoot to even make a team. This league is so hard to, to make a team. I don't care if you're a first-round draft pick. Uh, obviously, the top ones are going to make mm-hmm. it. But if you're the... Uh, there are some times you may get to the wrong team and you just don't make the team, you get cut. So while well, you say it's a deep draft, um, this league is very deep in solid players. So you won't get an impact player at 13 unless something really happens if you get really lucky. Yeah. What's your evaluation process like for the draft? You know, how, how much of that do you feel a need to see players in person? Uh, a little bit both. Um, you know, I have people out there well. on the field right now looking at players. Uh, and also, I, I have an idea of what style of player I want. We have a, our grid of our, our, our players that we think are going to be there at 13, as well as, you know, five. Uh, but also, you know, I'm watching on TV and watching on video um uh, on the video processes that we access to, uh, we get a good handle on who's who. Once once the season's over, we'll talk to the coaches and get a handle on the player as a as a person and as a teammate. But uh, it's still going on. It's still working. It's a long draft comes. No, that is that is very true. So I, you touched on this briefly, but I'm curious. You know, when you look at benchmarks will you as you get closer to the season set them publicly in your own mind you know you go back and look at your history like like you said you took over detroit mid-year you went nine and 13 uh in, in a partial season but then the next year you were wnba champ uh is, is that something that you find valuable well, and, i'm not quite uh, sure what you're asking but the plan external? is you know we're going to put a competitive product out there uh, this year, and then we're going to make sure that this franchise, the direction they've given is they want to be the best print franchise, the WNBA, and they're going to do, you know, get the resources, we're going to take care of the players, and make this a destination place for players to come to. They will, we, want, we want them to come and play in Las Vegas, and as time goes by and contracts run out, this should be a very solid free agent destination, so we're going to build a young team with certain uh, positions really cemented for the long term. And then uh, as, as we go through free agency year after year, we're going to add some very talented pieces and build a, a very quality basketball team. And then for you personally, I'm just curious, you know, to be out there meeting with season ticket holders like you did last night, do you enjoy the marketing side of this? And is that something uh, well, that the marketing side you of really find yourself embracing is, on a regular basis? Yeah, it's a lot, of, a lot of time and energy and effort, uh, but it's a requirement. It's necessary. 
Uh, not only do the players take it to heart, uh, so do the coaches in this league. Uh, that's our job. Our job is to get out there and find ways to help the ticket sale people. And, and it's, it's fun to watch the, the MGM uh, people and then they're, they're utilize their, their bigness and their, their, their vice presidents. And they're hiring people. They're very, they hire very, very talented people who love this company and want to be here. So I, I think they're going to be very successful. And, and they have, MGM, no one knows, has 70,000 employees in the city of Las Vegas itself. So that in itself is an inherent fan base. Hmm. That is true. That is very true. And I guess just when you think big picture about all that you've done, I mean, you've really accomplished pretty much everything there is to do in this game as a player, as an executive, as a coach. What is it that keeps you going and keeps you excited uh, well, that's about the question, you know, pursuing you know, um, yet another In New York, it was, it was my time to quite move on. I, I told Katie when I brought her in there that I'd like to see her take over for me, and I wasn't going to be there that long. Like I said, at the start of this interview, it was, uh, I feel bad for the fans. I didn't get a chance to win a championship mm-hmm. there with them. Uh, but it was time for a different challenge or just to march off and go play golf. And uh, this opportunity came along, and it's quite a challenge. I make no mistake about that one. And so it's a re-energizing. I, I think I, I'm enjoying myself. It's challenging. But at the same time, I like building things. Uh, and this is, uh, this is quite a task. Well, wow. certainly no question in anyone's mind that you're up to it. And, and Billy and Beer, always a pleasure Thanks to chat with you uh, about basketball. Wishing you all the best of luck. Thank you. You too.